welcome to the Capercast, a podcast where we discuss all kinds of cinematic heists and, of course, capers. It is episode 10, and today we are talking about another spooky movie, Army of the Dead. Woo! I am Stephanie Cook, and I am joined by my partner in crime. Yes. Demolitions expert, Whitney Gardner. (laughs) Yeah. So we watched The Vault last time. That was like the kickoff to our spooky season. We did. It was not great. Not our fave. Mm -mm. But this week, again, we came in with a low bar for Army of the Dead. Yes. And... We watched it and we didn't text each other about it at all. We did not. Okay. So behind the scenes, I got one text from Steph when she started (laughs) watching it that said Mm -hmm. like something to the effect of, oh my gosh, this movie is so long. And so that's all I knew going in was like, okay, Steph thinks that this movie is long. The movie is long. And so I went in with uh, the previous week's The Vault I went in with Steph's comment of, oh, it's a long movie. And so my bar was on the ground. Yeah. And so I think that really helped because, Steph, I loved it. <laughs> okay. I uh, So a friend of mine came to drop off um, the comps to a book I did with him yesterday. And I was watching the end. It was the final five minutes. And I was like, <laughs> I have to go. I have to, you know, finish this movie. I'm like, it's at the very end. I got to know what what's going to happen. Right. And he's like, oh, like, what are you watching? And I'm like, Army of the Dead. And um, I was telling him and like, not to spoil anything. I was like, it's fun, you know, and like, you kind of have to find things to talk about because we're on a podcast. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, it was fun. It's a good time. End of story. Right. Like, you know, I have notes. I have little mm-hmm. like bits and pieces, but comparably to the vault this was a real good time and I okay I'm excited to talk about it I thought for sure with that text that we were going to come in here and like butt heads a little bit as I was doing research I'm like looking around I I did all the fun facts and things like this and I see like oh bad review after bad review after bad review and I'm like oh no it's happened. I've, I have enjoyed a crappy movie. <laughs> you know what though? I think we talked about this last time very, very briefly. I like a lot of Zack Snyder's like non-comic book kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like his movies where he kind of just gets to be over the top and just goes wild. So again, the vault made the bar really low. Yeah. Uh, it it would have had to be really bad for it to have been worse than that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think for the most part, I really enjoyed this. Like I definitely have some nitpicks that we can get into. Of course, of course. And I think you've led into one of my bigger nitpicks, which is the length of the film itself, which I just firmly believe a good popcorn flick should really be like 90-ish minutes. Personally, I felt like it was 90 minutes. I, it did not drag for me, but maybe that's because I've been having like a bummer week and it was just so nice to like sit down and laugh. I tried very hard while watching it. Like anytime I felt myself questioning, like, why would they do that? I'm like, who cares? Who cares? It's a zombie movie. Stop thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually put my notes away for the most part and only kind of like took out my notes app for 
really big things that I wanted to kind of address, but I mostly sat through this and just kind of enjoyed the ride, which again, we've talked about this before with my ADHD and it's hard for me sometimes to just kind of like sit through an entire movie and not pause it and get up and do things and blah, 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 blah. So the fact that I managed to mostly sit through this film without doing that, I think does say a lot about how it was able to keep my interest and my, Mm -hmm. keep my attention going. So yeah, I'm stoked to talk about this. I know you did the research, so I'll let you take over from here and tell us about Army of the Dead. All right. Army of the Dead 2021. I think our most recent heist Mm -hmm. movie, Zack Snyder, a United States military convoy traveling from Area 51 collides with a car on the highway outside of Las Vegas. The convoy's cargo, an alpha zombie escapes, killing and infecting several soldiers before heading into the city. There, they infect most of the city's population, and after some military intervention fails, the government quarantines the whole city. Six years later, casino owner Bly Tananka, a casino magnate, realizes that there's a lot of money to be had in one of the casino vaults and approaches former mercenary Scott Ward to ask him to put a team together in order to retrieve the cash. They have 96 hours to get through a zombie-infested Vegas into the casino, crack the vault, and helicopter the cash to safety before the president drops a small nuke on the Waldorf City. (laughs) And that's like the most succinct way I think I can sum it up. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary of the film and definitely (laughs) encapsulates the... The premise. Yeah, there's like truthfully a lot going on and like there's several subplots kind of happening at any Mm -hmm. given time but that is a nice easy breezy way intro lead in uh i do have we have our uh heist crew in this one also which Mm -hmm. i've i have outlined here for us as well when we get to it but i thought right off the bat that the combo heist movie zombie movie this film got it i think it was definitely it felt like a zombie movie absolutely 100 percent. but it also felt like a heist movie a hundred percent yes i agree and you know obviously we have our trope list which we will talk about later on and i can't help now but watch these movies and be like yeah that ticks the box yeah 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 and this really did tick a lot of the boxes and a, a couple episodes ago i talked about how i was like rating the titles on like my letterboxed for us oh, to discuss right, right, right. at a later time and date. And I was really surprised after we watched this at how high this kind of wound up ranking on that list that I'm building. So yeah, I think that this does definitely fall into one of the more heistier films we've actually mm-hmm. watched to date. So it was a good time for the most part. I If you could shut your brain off a little bit, not get so analytical. I had a I had a very fun time. Yes. I I do remember seeing lots of negative reviews for this film when it was coming out cuz I think it came out a few months ago, like maybe May or June, I think. And I remember seeing people be like, "Boo, you know, like <laughs> this." And I don't know, I saw a couple other people be like, "I don't know, like this was fun. I don't know what you expected from Zack Snyder, but like 
this was fun. And I think without the kind of weight of taking on pre-established characters from another world and kind of having that to kind of stand up to, like he does a good job with kind of just that nonsense premise and just goes wild. Like there's this opening montage. I love a good Mm -hmm. montage, but the film feels like it feels like an opening for like a Borderlands game or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like it feels like very shoot them up and you don't really get to know who anyone is. There's no names coming up. There's no anything, but you get the idea, you know, they're clearing out Vegas. They're getting survivors out. They're Mm -hmm. trying to minimize the remaining zombie population and Scott Ward, Dave Batista being called Scott Ward is like maybe the most unbelievable thing in the (laughs) film overall, to be honest. But, you know, they have him doing that big shoot them up sequence and you meet like a little bit of the team in very, Yes. small bursts and it's a quick fun easy way to build the world to tell us what's going on and it's not super clear in a lot of ways like by the end of it I was kind of like what on a couple of things but once they start filling in the blanks on some of those things you're like oh okay gotcha they've built a container ship wall yes. around, around Las Vegas city uh-huh. yeah which whatever again let's suspense of disbelief is gone the zombies are not clever enough to get over the wall somehow (laughs) yes i think the one nitpick there is kind of like we we get introduced later on to the coyote the person who yes is bringing people into vegas and so she can figure out how to get in there and how to get out of there But the alphas that are apparently extremely smart and organized can't figure out how to get out. Like they, they definitely have interacted with each other. She's aware of them. They're aware of her. She gives them an offering and they let her pass. You know, I didn't think about that at all watching this. (laughs) And that is a very good point. Very good point. I guess they do know how to. Okay, so in the world of Army of the Dead, mm, yes, we have two types of zombies. We have your regular old Walker Shambler, dumb zombie. Yes. And then we have alpha zombies, which are these like super zombies that are strong and fast and smart for the first mm. time. I think I've ever seen a smart zombie. I think, I think Zack Snyder did that actually before in. Dawn of the Dead, maybe. Oh, really? I think I might be wrong. So if anybody's listening and is like a big zombie fan, I'm sure this has been seen before. But there's at least one other instance I recall of uh, zombies being kind of like smarter than the others. And I think it's Dawn of the Dead, which was Zack Snyder doing the remake of the original. If I'm correct, this is kind of him playing with an concept like an older concept that he'd kind of used but then bringing it more to the forefront here but I'm not we've talked about this like I'm not like a big horror person for the most part so I don't like have a catalog of like oh yeah that's definitely this movie (laughs) I feel like at this point I have seen a lot of of zombie movies but I don't know I mean okay there's a level of intelligence to these things Mm -hmm. like yes I feel like I've probably seen a zombie movie where a zombie can follow another person, right? 
or like has the common sense to like wait outside of building for somebody to come out. But these are like, I'm a zombie that can ride a horse. Like (laughs) a zombie horse. A zombie horse, of course. So I think the intelligence of these things are just like beyond. So if you can ride a horse and rally an army and like you can understand which buildings the humans are going to and coming from, I don't understand how they wouldn't have figured out how to get out. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I I understand. I appreciated the alphas kind of like being integrated in there. I think it was a good way to kind of up the stakes and make it kind of more interesting in terms of like a zombie movie. Again, I had like small nitpicks with that, which kind of tied into so the coyote is a part of this uh, like camp of displaced Vegas people who have obviously they can no longer live in the city. It's been mm-hmm. walled off and zombies overrun it. So there's this camp. People are basically being sent to another place as this nuke is about to be dropped. But there's this whole <laughs> subplot with Scott Ward, uh, his daughter, who works in this camp. And there's this mother of two who's like, I just got to go gamble for a bit. Like, well, I know. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know it's like a little bit more like in depth than that. But basically, people want to use the coyote to go into Vegas because there's still a ton of money there, mm-hmm. uh, which is, again, where our heist comes into play. But in kind of just in the teller section, there's still money and people want to win slots. I don't even understand. She said she wants to play slots. Why would she? No, 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 no. She didn't say she wanted to play slots. She said she wanted to bust open a slot. Oh, gotcha. 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 She wants to go in, bust open a slot machine, get $5,000 or whatever she can get out of the machines so that she can buy her and her family's way out of this like refugee camp. Yes. And I get that, but like, she has like no training, like, you know, military training. She's got no skills that would allow her to survive in this zombie city. Very bad. So she takes two of her friends and like decides to go anyways. I had a problem with that being kind of like the catalyst to that subplot. There's a lot that kind of... The the person is named Gita. She has two young children. I just like don't buy that she would leave these young children when a nuke is about to be dropped. Yeah, okay, yeah. The nuke makes it more complicated for right? sure. And so there's this weird, like, overall, again, let's keep in mind, I did enjoy this film. I did have fun. <laughs> but the this plot, this subplot took me out of the film a couple of times because- they force her to go in there and then Scott puts the team together, which we will talk mm-hmm. about in a bit. And this brings his daughter into the mix. Cause now, Oh right. no, Gita has gone in. Well, I'm going to go in and save Gita now, you know, like this is the best volunteer non-paid employee ever. Like she's like, <laughs> I'm going to risk my life, go in and save this friend because she's tasked me with saving her two daughters, who I've also now abandoned, to True. go in to the casino with you, also with no training whatsoever. So that kind of plot was a bit jarring, and it, it yeah. carries on because obviously we can't just have that be, 
the end of it. Also, zombie movies, people make stupid mistakes in them quite often, which is like how we usually or, you know, it usually ends up pushing the plot forward is people making very dumb, dumb mistakes. I agree. This woman should not have gone in there. I double agree that his young daughter should not have gone in there after her. That was dumb. (laughs) My biggest kind of thing, again, is that plot line because there's this kind of ties into the alpha zombie line. And there's a good chunk of that and Gita's storyline that I think could have been cut to kind of like make it a cleaner movie from start to finish. Sure. There's like the editor brain in me just like can't (laughs) help but sometimes nitpick some of those bigger things and be like, you could have had a much more solid film if you just cut back on this. But I don't think Zack Snyder has ever had a film under two hours. So I was going to ask about that because I haven't seen a ton of Zack Snyder movies, but I do know like people talk about them all the time being very long. Mm -hmm. Yes. He yeah. has big ideas. He has big ambitions. And I appreciate that. Like, I can understand someone who wants to go big or go home, you know? Yeah. I feel like if you're going to do a zombie movie when there's been so many of them, you have to really bring it, like, yeah. on some level. Yes. Whether it's going to be, like, super serious or super off the wall. Like, you, I don't know. You don't, it would be so bad to have, like, a boring middle-of-the-road zombie movie. Yeah. And I think... The premise here, coming back to the heist portion of things and yeah. going back to the really kind of fun part, I really love the idea of this casino owner asking to put this team together of mercenaries for this cash that is untraceable because he's already received an insurance payout for it. And mm-hmm. this money is basically just like fair game. Like nobody's going to come looking for it. Nobody's going to ask about it. They're going to assume It's been nuked when they nuke Vegas. So I think that's a really fun way to kind of tie in the heist component in a way that we haven't really seen, right? We've had How to Steal a Million where they're trying to scam or prevent a like insurance scam. But this is like the insurance is already paid out. So let's take advantage of the fact that the thing still exists so we can have the best of both worlds both why not yeah I also love the idea like I didn't I didn't know anything about this movie going in other than zombies and heists and so when I saw that it was in Vegas and they were gonna rob an abandoned casino I'm like oh my gosh this is so fun and like what a Mm. clever idea sort of way to do it I didn't know what they were going to be robbing and then as soon as I realized the Vegas thing I'm like this is so fun. The first note that I wrote down is after the the car crash in Area 51 and the payload goes like tumbling off into the road. I'm like, oh no, it's the vault from Fast Five. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have here, oh, jacked zombies, Hulk zombies. Can't wait to see how this turns into a heist question mark. That was actually a note that I had throughout because like if you haven't watched this film and you're just hearing about it for the first time through us. The zombies are jacked. Like, yeah, there there's no muscle decomposition or anything like they all have six packs somehow. Still, they're all extremely nimble and agile. And 
super, super, super strong. Like just mm-hmm. buff as all heck. Oh, do I want to say this at this point? I was like, not going to bring this up too, but like for speaking oh, no. of the alphas, like my, one of my first notes was like, are they implying that this zombie showgirl is pregnant? And then I was like, cause like, huh. They introduce us to the alphas and there's like this scene where this bad dude who was like a border patrol guy, mm-hmm. he comes in with them. He's the sacrifice to the alphas. Basically the coyote knows that they will let them through if they yes. kind of give them something as an offering. So they give them this crappy sexual predator as an offering because nobody's going <laughs> to miss this guy. So then we kind of follow the alphas through this and go to their hideout at the Olympus. There's this woman who I'm guessing was like a showgirl or something. Yeah. And she's clearly like the queen, Mm -hmm. the king guy who's the alpha we saw at the very beginning comes back. And I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to make out? I can't. I can't deal with this. (laughs) Zombie kissing. Yeah. There was like this awkward moment where they're like sniffing at each other and it's very like animalistic. And I'm like, I can't. I Zach, you can't. I don't want to see this. Like, please, please. (laughs) But then that is uncomfortable. But then he like leans into her belly and is like listening to her Mm -hmm. stomach. And I'm like, oh my God, is that they're implying this, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They don't obviously explicitly say it, but like they're hinting that this would be a thing, but she's like super skinny. She's super buff. So you wouldn't otherwise know without these kind of like cues that are happening. We, we do find out later on that she is or was pregnant, (laughs) which just like, I have so many questions. Like I understand Zack Snyder also did the zombie baby in Dawn of the Dead. So Uh there was like a baby that was like, I don't know if you saw it, but I have seen it, but my memory of it is not super clear. I, I only remembered it yesterday because I was talking about it, the movie with the friend and he reminded me of this, but the baby's born, it's stillborn, but because the zombie plague is going around, the baby turns into a zombie as it dies. So that was obviously not this, but the baby, how how is the baby even born? So I think what's happening here or what my mind was going to is that the coyote, her name is Lily. She's the one who kind of like knows all about the zombies and knows how to get around them and what their like zombie culture is for some reason. I guess she's just studied them long enough. And she says like the alphas, this is their city and this is their domain and this is their, this they own it. They run the town, right? So if we were to believe that they have this, they can think and they are smart and they are, super powerful that I assume that Zeus, who is the head zombie guy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is attempting to like make his own offspring Mm -hmm. without having to make other people. I don't know if it's him trying to quote, like find his humanity. I say with an eye roll (laughs) or, or just like a part of him that wants this sort of like human type being or like you know i guess if you bite somebody they don't become even though okay in this movie (laughs) let's back it up once more again 
the only way to become an alpha zombie is if you are bitten by Zeus, the king of the zombies, mm-hmm. the king alpha zombie. And so I assume he wants a son that's not just like some random dude that he is offered <laughs> as a sacrifice, yeah, you know? Not this weird predator guy. So and- I don't know how these two zombies, Zeus and the queen, got together if they went for it or... <laughs> On TikTok, again, a lot lately, and Twilight has made a big resurfacing, and people are talking about that a lot again. And subsequently, I see a ton of Twilight content on there. (laughs) And they discuss basically how Bella was managed to get pregnant as a vampire who is dead, and Edward, who is a vampire that is dead. How did dead people create a baby? from dead tissue. And the same question sort of lingers there too for this. How do they have muscles if, you know, they're dead? Their bodies are supposed to be decomposing. So like, I do appreciate, again, we're nitpicking because we're discussing. (laughs) Because we can. (laughs) But like bodies are decomposing still as the undead. So we don't ever really see for the most part really heightened state of like decomposition in these zombies these zombies especially within the alphas obviously are continuing to be buff and can also (laughs) somehow reproduce so i do have larger questions around that whole situation and how it was possible but i understand it adds stakes because it gives this intelligent zombie something to fight for it gives him something to want revenge for yes and so i do appreciate that zach snyder took a different approach to this and kind of was like how could i make this not just like you know we want brains yeah (laughs) you know but caused me to have questions that i didn't know if i want the answers to you know (laughs) yeah I, but, I didn't look at that section of the movie too hard because I was kind of like, ew, ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I thought about it more than I wanted to, to be honest, yeah. Whitney. The rest of the film, the heist portion of the film. Yeah. Very delightful. So yeah, we'll talk, let's talk about the group. So that way, when we talk about- Yes, yeah, context. Going forward, we have context. So we have uh, Scott Ward, who is our leader, <laughs> uh, who I- felt I just I've seen him in the Marvel movies but I thought he was great I had a lot of fun watching him I loved so my favorite thing about this is like Dave Bautista is like this badass like he's like big he's muscly he's like he's like the Vin Diesel yeah in here but I love that he has glasses on that Mm -hmm. he had held up with a band around his head like it's like the most old man thing and I love it like I love it and then we have uh Maria Cruz who's his old partner sort of partner in crime really from the first outbreak I think they made it through mercenaries together um saving people from the initial infection I guess with also their friend Vanderhoe who is our demolitions expert jaws mm-hmm. of life wielding badass dude yes I guess so in the opening credits we see them all together fighting alongside one another for the first time and now he's like bringing them all back together getting Mm -hmm. the gang back together as it were I think is the three of them and then we have the coyote 
who's our zombie expert slash guide, who is very cool, French accented mm-hmm. lady. Yeah. Uh, we have Dieter, the safe cracker, who is a nerd and funny and exactly what you expect in your heist safe cracker. They were like trying to be like, oh, the kid. But like this kid looks 40. Like <laughs> I was like the captain wanting to convince me that he was like a child. But he, he I think he was emotionally immature. Yes, I think he was. Yeah. I think more like he's not prepared for what they're about to face. Right. He's like fresh. He's green. He Mm -hmm. has never faced the zombies before, which I appreciate. But it's just like something funny to me about being like, hey, kid, and like having it be this like older dude and like playing it off as he's a ute. They have to teach him how to shoot a gun. (laughs) He's excited. He's like his safes are like his toys. He's yes. over the moon that there's this safe in the casino. And even though there's all this peril ahead, he wants his chance to break into this safe. And yes, he's definitely one of those people on the team who is like, there's an art to this and oh, it's so beautiful. And I can't wait. And what a masterpiece of a, of a safe, of a lock, of a whatever. We have Marianne Tignataro, star of the film, in my yes. opinion, agree. <laughs> who is a helicopter pilot. I can't believe it's taken us this long to mention her because I feel like if she wasn't in this movie, I don't know if I would have liked it as much as I did. She was agree. the best. My first, one of my very first notes near the top is um, Tignataro is great. Yeah. So good. And I loved, loved, loved her recruitment scene where they walk up and they're like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I hate my life. I hate it. And (laughs) they're like, we have a job. And she's like, great. I'm in. And they're like, don't you want to know anything? She's like, I don't, I'm in. Like she asks no questions. $2 million. I'll do it. Who cares? And like, it's so good. And they try to give her information and she's just like, I don't don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Like literally nothing is worse than my current life, which sucks. I will be a part of this. Yes. They say to her, they say to her, don't you want to know what you're going to have to do? She's like something to do with helicopters. I'm going to bet. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) And I love this long running joke throughout her scenes where she's constantly smoking like a cigar or a cigarillo or whatever Mm -hmm. near flammable signs like she is beside <laughs> gas canisters like when we first meet her she's beside a gas truck that has a giant flammable no smoking sign beside <laughs> it and she's leaning against it smoking and throughout she's great yeah they they're basically they have to bring gas with them to fuel this helicopter so they can get out of the casino and mm-hmm. the whole time she's just smoking She's so oh. cool. I loved her. And I honestly wish there had been more of her. I agree. I feel like this movie, watch this movie for Tig. Don't watch it for anything else. It's great. Yeah. I um, do a whole spinoff with her. I know. Right. There are, apparently there's like rumored prequels and things like that right now. And I'm just like, okay, can they please just all be about Tig Nataro's character? Cause that's yeah. all I care about. That's all uh, I want. Um, Okay. Her name apparently is Marianne, but in my oh. mind, she's just Tig. Uh, yeah, that does not suit her at all <laughs> no, in the film. Not at all. That like Scott Ward, Marianne. No, no. I I know. 
Then we have Mikey Guzman and Chambers, who are like our sharpshooters, I guess. They're like on whatever this universe's YouTube is, killing three zombies with one shot. Like, oh, you know, like the Logan Paul, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. They're just Annoying internet personality who happens to be, or maybe like somebody who's really good at Fortnite. It's like now all of a sudden really good at killing zombies. It seemed unclear to me how they got access to these zombies, given that the only way in and out seemed to be this area within the refugee camp. But again, I will not (laughs) pick that apart. I still enjoyed them. I enjoyed the premise of them coming into this. And I really liked Chambers actually too. She was a badass. She was awesome. I was very disappointed with her short-lived time. She was short-lived, but they did not do her dirty. Like she went out like a like a yeah, I don't know. Like a rocket. Like, she, well, I'm trying to not curse here. Right. I, I want know. To very I know. Much. I know. So like you think that there, there's um that guy who plays the Terminator in the Sarah Connor Chronicles who I. Yes, we're getting to him. He's next. okay. His okay. name is Martin and he is Tanaka's like inside man. He's got uh, the key card access to like all mm-hmm. the different areas of the casino. And he's coming along with them to kind of supervise and to make sure that everything goes according to plan. Chambers has a confrontation with him. She doesn't trust him rightfully. And so he kind of throws her to the wolves, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, well, she's just going to like get bitten. It's going to be over. But she like fights through hundreds of zombies. It had Mm -hmm. to have been. And you're like, oh, she gets locked out. You know, he leaves her behind. He bars the doors, but she still like comes through (laughs) and manages to like survive only to then Mm -hmm. eventually be be overtaken, which bummed me out a little bit. You know, you can't just have her survive only to immediately kill her again. Yeah, but, they lost a good one right off the bat. Right. And you know it has to happen in a horror movie. And even within heist movies, you lose people along the way. And, like, the plan goes wrong. Right. And stuff goes on. And especially when you're melding this with horror, it was bound to happen. Yes. Especially with a team this big. Yeah. And the bad guy can't die right away because, like, then... What are the stakes? (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I think they made you really, they made you really like her before she died. So I feel like when she died, you felt bad because they made her such a, a a bad B right before she does it. I, that whole scene (laughs) where they like get into the casino and there's a bunch of like hibernating zombies. Right. And they're all Mm. sort of hunched over. Uh, Scott Ward is going through putting uh, glow sticks on the ground, marking a path. And they're all sort of like weaving in and out. And I was like, this is a hilarious version. Like if you're going to do a zombie heist in the heist movie, they'd be going through the bank, dipping under and over like lasers. That's all I could think of. I'm like, oh, this is the zombie version of them going through a laser field. Yeah. But with zombie arms and like ducking around and trying not to disturb the zombies 
I will say backtracking again for a bit. We have this really large team and basically Mm -hmm. Scott and Maria are the kind of masterminds here. Like they're putting the team together and getting everybody figured out and the cuts for everybody. So they're basically like, oh, everybody whose family will get 15 million and then we'll figure out the cuts for everybody else along the way. And I feel like Zack Snyder did not mean to include this very unintentionally important lesson on talking to your coworkers about your pay. Oh, you know? that's true. Like, <laughs> some people are getting a lot more money for all of you basically doing the same job. Talk to your coworkers, kids, because. Well, then you have Tignataro making the case of who's the most important person here. Right. Who do we have to say? Well, the guy who's cracking into the safe, he would be number one, but I have to be number two because I'm the one that's going to fly us out of here. So y'all better be protecting me. <laughs> it's so wild. How how did they think that they were going to avoid the topic of like the money? Like, what would happen if one of them was like, "Oh, can't wait to get that sweet fifteen mil," and they're like, "Excuse me." Well, what? I think that it's more like this doesn't feel the same way in uh, Fast Five when they're like, we're all family. We're a part of a family. Yeah. This one feels like, okay, we're a family and we're hiring you to do a job for us. And this is what we're going to pay you. And right. you could take Work it. Work for hire. It. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. Um, the only other people I have on the team are Kate Ward, Scott's daughter, who's on her own rescue mission for Gita, and Bert Cummings, who is the bait. <laughs> the right, right. He's like the predator guy who yes. you immediately like, wind up like hating. And yes, he's like the police officer of the ward, and he's is, just like clearly not a good guy. They lead. I do appreciate that Zack Snyder kind of just told us and didn't show some of those things. Oh yeah, I agree. We didn't need to see anything like that. If he had showed it, that would have taken it. It wouldn't have been like a fun zombie movie anymore. It's good that we just heard about his awfulness and saw him doing like dumb stuff. Because like I was definitely like, why is she bringing this guy? Like, ew, (laughs) I don't want this guy in the movie. Like, he's terrible. But you know, you see him and he's a bigger actor than, (laughs) you know, like, well, I've seen him in things. He's not just like an extra So it's like one of those things where, you know, he has to be in the film longer than just to be Mm -hmm. this creep right off the bat. And then, of course, the coyote brings him in and you're like, oh, this guy's the worst. He's going to be in this forever. and You're just going to want him to die. But then the coyote just like immediately like shoots him and is like, all right, off you go to be a (laughs) sacrifice. Congratulations. Good luck. So that's our team, our big team. I mean, it's hard to go any further without talking about the heist itself. We could just jump right into that. Do you want to take a quick break and we talk heist? Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Ready to have the time of your life? Do you like to take big risks for even bigger rewards? Slots, cards, a broken down helicopter, and hordes of zombies. The Romero Casino is something for everybody. Come on down today. We guarantee you'll have the time of your life if you survive. We are back and it's time to talk heist. It was this movie actually had such a huge heist component that it's hard to go on for too long without just bringing this up. So we're getting into it right now. 
Why not? We talked about the tropes, which are the characters. We had all these great, the team coming together. And so they make it, oh, oh, one thing we should bring up. When they first step in, before the zombie queen comes, before anything, we see Valentine, who is a Vegas tiger, show tiger, turned alpha zombie. Oh my God. She is incredible. I love her. I had questions, but I am also like, Zach, you're setting up so many things here. But I do appreciate that we had like this zombie tiger. We've got the zombie horse. We've got the alphas. And yeah, she's like wandering around. I kind of wondered if they were going to like do a whole zoo. But then the Signe, what is it? Siegfried and Roy? Mm-hmm. I appreciate how they kind of brought that element into this. I mean, if you're going to do zombies in Vegas, this seems like a fun way to do it. Like as soon as a tiger showed up, I was like, well, that's when my note taking stopped. I wrote zombie tiger. I like put my phone down and did not pick it back up because I was in. Oh my God. Yeah. My notes are really minimal here. And like, there's a note about being like, is that a zombie tiger? And then it goes like (laughs) quiet for a while. Uh, I think for most of the last act, I didn't really have like a lot of kind of things to nitpick or kind of like write down. I just was enjoying it, which is, again, primarily the heist. It takes about an hour for them to get to the casino. And I think at just past an hour is when I texted you and was like, Whitney, this movie is so long because I paused (laughs) and we had only just got into the start realistically of this heist and it had been happening for ages at this point, but you're right. Like there was just so many things going on. We just met the tiger and (laughs) it's a lot of threats that he had to set up a lot of the world before we got to the heist. It wasn't like, here's the world that we are living in right now. We're going to do a heist. So we had to get on board with a lot of things. Right. So getting into the heist, they get to the casino and then they have to split up Marianne, who is now just going to be referred to as Tig Notaro because Tig, Marianne yeah. is not what her name is. I don't <laughs> care what you tell me. Tig goes off to go fix the helicopter and to mm-hmm. fuel it up. Ward and Kate go off to find the generator and get the power going to the building. And then the third guy from like the family, what's his name? Which guy? The nursing home guy. He works in a nursing home. Um, oh, yeah. His name is uh, Devin Ho, right? Okay. No, no, Vanderhoe. 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 Er, yeah. So him the and then the safe guy, the safe guy, Dieter. Dieter, go down to the basement with, is Maria there too? No, Maria goes up to the roof with Tig and gives her all the gas. Right, 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 right. So they're in the safe basement and they have to basically figure out how to set off all of these traps. Booby traps. Why would there be booby traps? This was another, I, again, I need to reiterate, I did enjoy this film, but that is one of my notes before (laughs) they kind of like petered off here was why would they have booby traps in a casino. Why not stuff? No, why not? That was my fi- like my um 
Fast and Furious moment. I'm like, this is just, <laughs> it's just trying to top itself. Like, I oh, know. now we have a barrage of booby traps we must yeah. set off. So Tanaka has warned them that there's going to be non-lethal booby traps and they'll have to figure out how to set these pressure plates off. But they get zombies, of course, to like be their motion detector things. They're stunt doubles. Yeah. And they set the zombies forth uh, across these pressure plates. And there are like sleeper poison darts to start. Mm -hmm. Then there are bullets coming from guns in the wall. Uh And then the final booby trap is just a straight up slamming wall. Like it crushes the zombie into goo. Mm-hmm. And why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Again, my guess, uh, my guess would be that scene where Vanderho goes off and gets a zombie and straps it to a dolly and wheels it and has him walk across the booby traps. I feel like to Zack Snyder, that must have been, that must have tickled him. The idea of using a zombie to set off track must have just delighted his little brain or big brain, whatever, so much that he had to keep it. Even though it makes no logical sense for a bank or a casino or anything to have this sort of measure. Yeah. And they're pressure plates. So like, how were those getting shut off to like not kill employees? I like, don't know. <laughs> I just, again, it's one of those things where you do try to watch a movie objectively and just kind of like enjoy it for what it is. But when you have to talk about it for a podcast, <laughs> there's certain moments when you just have yeah. to pause and ask why? What? You know? Like, <laughs> and this was definitely one of them. But finally, we get to the vault. And mm-hmm. then Dieter is so happy. He's there. He gets to hang out with his darling and figure out what's what. Yes. And he starts starts listening and twisting all the dials and taking all of his notes. And of course, everybody reconvenes back at at the vault and he yells at them all, like, you have to be quiet. <laughs> yes. Um, but before that, we have Martin and the coyotes sneaking off. They go out when everybody else is doing their jobs. Right. Next, you know, they're like, we'll do the perimeter check, blah, blah, blah. And basically, coyotes also been hired on the down low by Martin to lead him to an alpha zombie. I don't know if it had to be the queen or not. But she brings him back out. The queen comes back out to check out what's going on. And he tangles her up. I don't know what you call that. Like he shoots her with like this. I wish I was a person who knew about tactical gear. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a rope like trap. So basically it's like a snare, I guess, kind of like a projectile snare and Mm -hmm. like ties her up and renders her immobile. She falls to the ground and now she is contained within this ropey and the, thing. The coyote seems to be like completely against what he's doing. I wonder why she like went with him at all because she seems really right. put off by this. 
he decides to like he goes and straddles her and he takes out a garrote and cuts her head off. Yeah. And her head is because her brain is still intact, her head is still alive. Yeah. And he puts it into a bag and is like, This is why I'm really here. Evil ha 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 ha. Mm-hmm. And they go back in. They were and so he says like he's only supposed to uh, or she says you were only going to take a vial oh, of blood. That's right. And that's right. He's like, the alphas won't forgive this. You know, like she knows that they've like really screwed up. This has crossed a line. And he's like, whatever. You think that money and <laughs> that money in there's chump change compared to what this is worth. Right. And like she kind of like begrudgingly agrees to keep it a secret as long as he doesn't screw them over. Right. She's like, you better just like get on out of here after all this. This is clearly going to, they're not alone. They killed the other alpha that is with the queen, but the Zeus guy hears this, sees what's going on and like knows something bad has gone down. So like, they're like, let's go. Martin and Lily go back to the group. Zeus comes out, discovers the queen body is enraged mm-hmm. Zeus decides I'm going to rally the troops and we're going to go after these people who killed my baby mama and then we also find out at the same time that the president has decided oh we're not going to nuke Vegas on the 4th of July anymore I was going to do it because I thought the little nuke would be like the best fireworks display ever and it oh would be patriotic God. and so great But I guess people are offended at that. So we're going to do it in uh, 90 minutes. (laughs) So funny. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but it was very funny. And obviously, I understand from a storytelling standpoint, we're up in the stakes. But like that would never happen. I think that if they hadn't included those like sound bites that sound like they came directly out of Donald Trump's mouth... I would have been rolling my eyes, but since they made it kind of funny, I was like, ha, 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 this is definitely something Donald Trump would say. Go figure. There's definitely a certain amount of plausibility to it, given what has transpired over the last several years, but it was still like, what? They're not going to nuke this in 90 minutes. (laughs) Well, now they are. And so they've ratcheted up the stakes yet again. Yes. Uh, The pressure is now on Dieter to get the safe open. He's like, I can do it in 30 minutes. And everyone's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's fine. That should be fine. No problem. Meanwhile, Lily takes a money counter and like mm-hmm. weighs it in her hands. And it's like, yeah, this basically weighs what a head would weigh. And swaps out the head out of his bag. So Martin no longer has zombie queen head. Right. They get the safe open. And I thought for sure, Steph, we were going to have that moment of the safe opening and it being empty. I really yeah. did. I thought there was going to be something in there. I thought there was going to be like a zombie somehow or... I don't know. There was definitely a moment where I felt they were building up tension to have a reveal happen. And I just like yes. didn't. Because they so, open the door so slow. Right. And they switch camera angles and then the music goes all minor. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Here it is. But no, full of money. That wasn't an issue. And that kind of goes off without a hitch until then. 
the horde of alphas come for them. Yes. Uh, and that is where things really kick off. You know, they've mostly obviously been able to handle themselves against the regular zombies, but they're nothing compared to these alphas who are buff as heck still. Mm-hmm. And now have a vendetta for him killing his queen and baby. So yeah, there's a lot of things that happen from here and it's really wild. I think we've actually covered most of the heist tropes. Yes. That are kind of of where the heist falls apart now. Yeah. And a lot just kind of starts happening, but I think one of my favorite things that happens in this fight is like all of a sudden there's a man versus tiger fight. Yes. Did you have this as a note too? Cause I feel like this made you happy. I didn't have a note, but like I did say to Roger as I watched it, I'm like, Oh, that guy's getting eaten by the tiger. <laughs> and he's like, why? I'm like, cause he can't stop talking about the stupid tiger. So, you know, the tiger is going to get him. And now I do not have a cat. I but I have heard of this thing that cats do. You can clear this up for me if you want. Okay, that yeah. they like play with their food. Oh. Like not food, but like with mice, like they throw them around and stuff. I don't know. I've heard this also. I haven't personally seen my cat do this, but I've heard that this is a thing. So again, let me say <laughs> one, I did enjoy this kind of just like, guy getting his absolute comeuppance. He got exactly what he deserved and it was to be mauled aggressively by Valentina, the tiger Valentine, Valentina, Valentine, Valentine. But like, again, the editor side of me is like, Oh my God, this scene goes on for so long. It does go on for quite too long. I agree. And like starting out this movie with a text to being like, why is this movie two and a half hours long? (laughs) You know, I'm like watching this movie and this alpha subplot, the Gita subplot, and then this whole thing with the zombie tiger. And I'm like, so much could have been whittled down at least a little bit to bring it to two hours, maybe, you know, like, but that being said, I did enjoy this guy getting absolutely destroyed. Yes. I wanted him to get mauled by the tiger very badly, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I do agree. The scene where it happens just goes on for, he could have gotten like swiped and a chomp and we're good. Like they really dragged it out. I think the one thing about this heist overall, kind of like thinking about a broad stroke of this towards the end, we wind up not getting away with any money. Nope. It's like our, a few other of our heist movies. This is not a successful mission in any, any no way. No. So they, they call him Guz, right? Guzman Gus. Yeah. He is responsible for the money. At one point we've talked extensively about how heavy money is. I was going to bring this up also. I'm like, Oh no. Knowing more about heists has ruined an aspect of heist movies for me. And that is, they want to get $50 million out. How are they going to carry that much? No way are they going to carry that much. Also, how are they going to fly that much on a helicopter? Like that's got to weigh 
so much. And so to yeah. see them like lifting up bales of money, like they're nothing. And then him running around with the money on his back. I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> they show Maria who is supposedly, and she seems really tough. She's a badass. She's awesome. But like, she's struggling with these canisters of gas with Tig. How do they think they're going to get the money <laughs> to this helicopter while fighting zombies? It's really no surprise that it kind of goes to crap and they're trying to figure out what to do. And they're just like, okay, well, the next best thing is to survive. Yeah. At this point in time, we've lost another guy because um, Vander, mm, Vander, Vanderho has been shoved into the vault to save him. Mm-hmm. We later find out he survives but like one of my notes here is isn't he then just going to be locked in this safe forever i don't think he locked the safe i think he just closed the door well then how did it save him they're smart zombies <laughs> like maybe oh and they are strong zombies maybe yeah. i don't know maybe a zombie's never seen a vault door maybe it was not worth the effort at that point because he really wanted to go after his wife's head I think yeah. he was probably targeting either Martin or wife's head at that point. Right. So like that was like a minor thing because one of kind of the sort of epilogue of the film is we <laughs> see that he's survived and he's made it out. I was excited because I'm like, okay, someone got the money. It's cool. Okay. He got Geter saved it. Dieter, excuse me, saves his life, pushes him into the vault. He survives the nuclear blast, somehow doesn't get radiation poisoning by leaving on foot after it, but is carrying sacks full of money. And I'm like, okay, at least somebody got the payout. But of course, of course, because this movie decided to go with the the, the saddest ending possible, Mm-hmm. He does not get to take advantage of this money. And perhaps right. the zombie apocalypse will continue on. <laughs> we see that he has been bitten. Mm-hmm. How does he last so long? So many people have been turned right away by this zombie bite. So is he like, he seems to be being overtaken by the zombieism. And I was like, maybe he's immune. Maybe we're going to have a 28 weeks later kind of situation. I had the same question, but I don't think that's what they were going for. I did think I'm like, maybe all that radiation, maybe he's going to survive it. Maybe he won't turn. He hasn't turned. But I think that it's just a, and it's never going to end ending. Right. I have, okay. I have two minor other things about this. Yes. Yes. And then we can just gush about the movie for the remainder of the podcast. He doesn't make it. Rendering that whole plot completely pointless. Yeah. Completely. What happened to her children? What? Ha- I have so many questions. But that is like a minor thing comparatively, especially after I've already complained about it. And then my one final complaint. Are you seriously telling me? that you were going to play zombies by the cranberries (laughs) in the final five minutes of this movie. Like this is even remotely what the song is about. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I know what I know what the song is about, and I know that it has nothing to do with actual zombies or anything like that. But it just like tickled me. I'm like, I can't believe you have made this choice. Oh uh, my goodness! Has he never listened to the song? Like, I don't think was he cares? He just this is a good fit. What? I mean, you have to think that all the other songs he picked were like Vegas songs. There's lots of Elvis and lots Mm -hmm. of like um, those like smarmy singer songs. Yeah. You would expect to hear like in an elevator if you were in Vegas. But then he pulls out the cranberries at the end. And I'm just like, God, what a choice. What a choice. Cannot. There are so many spooky songs you could have gone with, but you went with (laughs) the one that's just literally called Zombies that has nothing whatsoever to do with Zombies by your definition. Okay. Went for it. But again, that being said, through and through, I did enjoy this film. I did find it fun. I thought the -the over-the-topness really worked here. He leaned into knowing what it was. It didn't take itself too seriously. The characters were good. I appreciate a movie that isn't too precious with the characters, too. And, like, anyone can die at any time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I appreciate kind of being kept on my toes in that way. And it's just like, oh, well, this person's dead. You do kind of want some people to make it. I wish Kagan made it. I know. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, she got so close. She made it so close to the end. Couldn't she have just, ugh, ugh. I know. I really did enjoy this. And I was really surprised by just how well he married the heist with the horror in this. I agree. I was, I was fully satisfied by that. I'm like, okay, he did the mission statement. He, he yeah. had a heist movie set in the zombie apocalypse and it worked. Yeah. Unlike our other heist movies set in a haunted horror bank. Right. Which was not even remotely excellent. Didn't work. No. No. This was a pleasant surprise. Again, the bar was very low, but I even think had we watched something else, I still would have had fun with this for the most part. I think if we had watched Fast Five and then this, I would have been like, oh my gosh, we're on this roller coaster of like high octane heights. (laughs) I know. It was really enjoyable. And I don't know. I think the more you kind of lean into the fun, hokey elements that we see here, like the better the movie is. Like it's fine for the heist movie to be seriously. Obviously, heists happen in real life. And they are serious. Yeah. People aren't goofing mm-hmm. around and there aren't zombies and stuff. But I think they're just a little bit fun, more fun when you add kind of these unique elements to the mix and yeah. change things up. So, yeah, I think this is a really, really excellent way for us to wrap up spooky October with yeah. the Keeper I also have some fun facts for you. <gasps> Tell us. Okay, so... Fun facts. This film is his first non-superhero and non uh, and original non-IP movie in a decade. In the opening scene where they're like driving from Area 51, you can see two UFOs in the sky. <laughs> did you notice this or did you I did just... not notice this, but now I'm like, oh, I should go back. I did see one interview where Zach was saying 
that the the UFO in the sky in the beginning is sort of supposed to be a nod to where Alpha Zombie came from. Oh. So I guess maybe he's an alien. The oh. Whole time. That's interesting. I think that he was playing with a lot of zombie ideas in this movie. And somebody must have said, you need to stop. It can't be an alien and a zombie and also a robot. I don't Um, know if you noticed that some of the zombies were robots. No, I didn't. I noticed it while I was watching and I thought I must have not really seen that. That must have been oh, my no. eyes playing. And then when I was reading up on it, some of the zombies are robots when they like get shot. It's like a metal, pieces of metal fly out. Oh, I saw, because like the guy had the helmet, like the alpha yeah. had the helmet mm-hmm. on and that was deflecting bullets. But yes. Oh no. Oh boy. So, but that the robots are never explained the alien thing is never explained. So I think he just like threw some stuff in there and you're just like, okay, cool. I kind of just like assumed. So when we see the alpha at the end die and when we see the baby die as it's ripped from the queen's womb, aye, aye, aye. there's like this blue glow to the stuff. baby. And mm-hmm. then I guess like it die as it dies it stops the blue glow like it's life force mm-hmm. and the same thing happens with the alpha when he dies and i guess i just kind of assumed that they'd been like some sort of experiment yeah like a government experiment i'm just like oh that's the alpha magic like yeah i didn't really care <laughs> yeah but i guess if Zack Snyder's like building up to be some sort of alien thing that's oh Who boy knows okay. i think he was just trying everything and somebody's like please pull back on all these things we'll just leave them in there and see if anyone notices it is uh, army of the dead is the second most expensive zombie film ever produced oh. world war z is number 1 army of the dead estimated budget at 90 million wow that is yeah. a lot of money yeah World War Z was 160 million. Wow. Do you want to guess how many prop slot machines were you? <laughs> okay, I'll give you a choice. You can okay, okay, guess okay. however many prop slot machines were used or how many prop skeletons were used. I have both of these figures. Oh, okay. Prop slot machine. Let's do that. Um, I'm going to guess... 570. Very close. You're good at this. 500. (gasps) And I also have 2,500 prop skeletons. Oh, wow. That is a lot of skeletons. I guess, I I guess uh, that's a lot. Um, How many jokes do you think somebody made? Like, like a props person being like, got a lot of skeletons in my closet. Like countless, countless, (laughs) countless prop people like waving with skeleton arms. (laughs) (laughs) I love that for them. Richard Centrone, who played Zeus wore 24 silicone prosthetics and it took three hours to get him into costume. I can't imagine having to come to set every day and start with like three hours of makeup. And then go to do all your work. Yeah. And like shooting days are like so long and you're starting out what? Like anywhere from like eight to 12 hours of filming and three of those alone are just getting started. And then think about how many zombies are in this movie. 
that needs yeah. zombie makeup. A lot. Wild. You can apparently see Zack Snyder operating the camera in the reflection of a mirror in the movie. And they were going to edit him out, but they thought it was too fun as a cameo and they left it in. Yeah, I don't think I noticed that. So, I mean, I, I think you'd have to be paying very, they didn't say where in the movie this was. I think you'd have to be paying very close attention. Okay, I did not know this. This, I guess, was highly publicized about the movie, but I didn't know going in. Tig was not cast in this movie originally. Did you know this? No, really? Apparently, somebody else, I'm not going to even name him, uh, who had a bunch of allegations against him. Okay, okay, okay. Was shot in the movie with everybody else. And then these allegations came out and they digitally edited him out and put Tig into the movie. She shot all of her scenes completely alone because she's a cancer survivor and it's COVID and they wanted to be like super duper safe. And all of the pandemic was like breaking when they were swapping out the parts. And like, she like never met, she's never met Dave Bautista. She's never met. She's shot all of her scenes by herself and they digitally comped her into everything. That actually makes her performance extra impressive. Like I'm she was so good. It was so natural. And I would not have guessed that at all. And when I think about this person who was originally cast, I'm like, no way, no way that he was ever as good as Tig is in this part. Like she should have been cast from the start. (laughs) That's the one thing that I heard the most about throughout this movie. So again, I heard negative reviews. I heard a couple people being like, you know what? It's fun. If you kind of let it be what, what it, it is, is, you'll enjoy it. But by far, the thing that I did see the most without any context was screenshots of Tig being like, give us this movie. And, you know, I didn't have any context for them because they didn't go into her performance at all. They just kind of were mm-hmm. like, look at this. I love this. And I understand why now. Tignatar was so good, was such a great choice. Honestly, put Tig in like a Top Gun movie now too. Like, give me that. This is what I'm saying. Like, okay, we need more funny ladies in these roles. Because if it was just another like dude, yeah. I don't know. I think she really I don't I don't want to say I don't want to say sparkled, but I feel like she sparkled. I don't know. I loved her. Obviously, she's a comedian and she's a very funny person. But I don't feel like I've seen her in any acting roles before. So this was kind of my first time seeing her outside of just being a comedian. And I really enjoyed it. I thought that she was in her element here. And like, she wasn't over the top with the humor. Like she was comedic relief, but it was like this dry humor that played into everything else going on. And it was really well. Yeah, I super enjoyed her in this film. So yeah, I'm glad they did that. And my last fun fact, which I have saved for the end, and I (laughs) sincerely hope that you will understand the media that I am referencing. The Tiger Valentine. uh, They went to Florida to observe a, a white tiger named Sapphire. So that they could like film her and understand how tigers move and tigers eat and tigers kill things, I guess. They went to B 
Big Cat Rescue, which is run by none other than Carol Baskin. I love this so much. Like Netflix worlds, like colliding. Stuff in my face when I figured out this fun fact. I was just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding Carol? me? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Carol Baskin's tiger is a tiger in this movie. Like, are you, what? what is happening? I love this. I'm surprised they didn't find a way with that knowledge to have worked in Carol Baskin to this somehow. They didn't know who she, Tiger King had not come out when they shot this. So they shot it. They went and met her and then Tiger King came out and they were like, whoa, that's the lady. Oh my God. They had no idea what she was involved in when they met her. That's hilarious. Honestly, I, I feel like if they could turn back time, she would definitely have wound up in the movie somehow. That's so funny, though. Valentine. I know. I couldn't believe it. This was a good one. I think so. I had a lot of fun. I think it's the perfect season for it. If you're looking for a fun movie to watch on Halloween, I would go for it. If it's still on Netflix, do it. Yeah, it's a Netflix original, so it should oh, so it still should be on there. Stay there. <laughs> that was great. Next time is our eleventh episode. Ooh. We are going to be watching Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'm so excited for a little autumn break from all these horror movies. We're going to do something cute. I know. I'm so excited. You know, we've had a really good mix of films so far, and mm-hmm. I think we've watched like a good mix of ones we've both seen and ones we haven't seen and this is I think one of our collective favorites so yes we've talked about this before but I'm excited to revisit it and have it as a nice little Thanksgiving intermission before we jump into the holidays it'll be a nice one again join us next time for fantastic Mr. Fox In the meantime, you can reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram at CaperCastPod. You can send in questions, comments, or suggestions to us there. You can send an email to podcast at CaperCast.com. Or you could leave us a voice message and go to CaperCast.com and leave us a recording there. No one's done that yet. And I'm waiting For your Vin Diesel impressions, let's go, people. We (laughs) want to hear this. If you want to say hello to either of us individually, we're on the social medias. I'm at Hello Cookie and Whitney. Where can people find you? I'm at Hey Whitney on Twitter. You can find me there. Be sure to say hello. And if you are enjoying the CaperCast, and I hope you are, be (laughs) sure to subscribe and uh, review it on your platform of choice. So until next time, we've been your hosts, Stephanie (laughs) and and Whitney. And this has been the CaperCast. Until next time, thank you for tuning in and don't get caught.
The CaperCast is hosted by Stephanie Cook and Whitney Gardner. Our theme music is by the very talented Emily Milling.